You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Bela Farkas here. He's selling a bunch of gear back in Chicago. What kind of gear is he selling? I'm looking right now. It's a four-string bass, an Ibanez for 150 bucks, an MXR Eddie Van Halen Phase 90 Phaser pedal for 50 bucks. Is that the one that like looks like Eddie Van Halen's guitar? Yeah, that's pretty badass. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. Oh yeah, I'm Tony. And uh, we're here in the green room at Nug Nation Studios, which is like... Phones on silent. So near completion. It's crazy, man. Yeah, the mics have gotten drastically better. Fuck. Uh, we're, well, we're back. We're back on the mics. Uh, we're back on the good mics. We're back on the good recording equipment. The, the like trim has all been painted really slick black, and there's a big flat screen TV here in the green room with the couches and the major edit suite is set up and we've got the Gatorade machine. Oh yeah. And uh, we've got uh, the bullpen is all set up, which uh, has got desks laid out. We should, we'll, we'll go around and take a little. What, what, what's a bullpen? Okay. So a bullpen is like, like, okay, you know, the scene where there's like the guy working at the newspaper and he's like, the they're all all the writers are sitting in the like big desk area the big open desk area and the chief comes out and goes goes Johnson get in here I need a story right away and then everybody's like ooh chief's mad at you you know huh. the, you know okay I th- I thought that was just called a conference room no the the big open pit like the big open pit um, work floor that's called the bullpen oh that's like that's like when people talk about having these open offices and shit like that. Like, open offices have existed forever. There's fucking bullpens, man. And then eventually they invented cubicles, which separated people out, you know what I mean? But So we have a a small three-row bullpen for, like, I'm going to have a spot at that bullpen, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, sitting and... It's going to be the messy corner. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to... The messiest corner there? I don't know. I've become, since, like, getting together with Sarah, I've become much more orderly. Like, yeah. like I'm much, much more cleaner and uh, much more neat and organized since uh, having a good woman come into my life. Good for you. And good for Sarah. Yeah. For you coming around. Um, so, man, so a whole lot of stuff happened. Sorry, we took a couple weeks off. Tony went out of town. And last and the week before that, we had some technical difficulties. But, yeah, uh, but yeah we're back. Technically, uh, it was too difficult to record. Yeah, and it's so much work has gotten done on the Nug Nation since the last time we recorded an episode, and it's really cool to be back in here. and And we're gonna make a lot of cool art here, man. We're gonna we're gonna make lots of cool stuff for the Nug Nation, and Ruckus is gonna make a lot of fun stuff here. Oh yeah, like this is gonna be a, a bustling little um, yeah incubator, man. It's gonna be cool. Uh, let's see. First off, I would like to get one thing out of the way. Um, apparently. I made some remarks in the last episode that uh, that some people found responsible and... Responsible or irresponsible? Irresponsible. 
Irresponsible. That's the opposite of responsible, which is what my behavior usually is. Yeah, it's irresponsible. very irresponsible. You so um, to mix those words. You up. know, we were talking a little bit about just like uh, uh, controversy in the last episode, and if there was anyone who was offended by anything that I said, or who uh, wants to maybe have some things clarified that we were talking about in the last episode, I did um, write. What was supposed to be a very brief response and ended up turning into like a 4,500 word essay. Uh, but it, it should be noted that Tony and I, for the record, are entertainers. Like, we I definitely am. Yeah, we're just entertainers. We're just, uh, you know, we like to think about stuff and talk about stuff and have ideas just like anybody else has. And just because we say them into a microphone on a recording doesn't make us experts. And the same goes for anybody out there. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, we're, we're more full of shit than anything. I think I think one should <laughs> I think one should always consider the source when listening to any sort of information. That doesn't just go for us. That goes for whoever your news sources are or whoever you get your information from. Just keep in mind that you know all human information is fallible to some degree because it comes from human beings who are fallible and have a limited knowledge of of the available so, knowledge that there is in the universe. So what's your trusted news source? I don't really have a trusted news source. I get information from a lot of different sources and kind of lean into certain ideas more than others. But I, I, when it comes down to it, I don't know anything. And I think that's a very valuable position to come from is this position of just assuming that you know nothing and being open to anything. You know, having kind of an inquisitive mind. That's us, dude. And a fearless heart. Exactly. That is us. So, hey. Um, but, or if you, want, if you want a little more explanation into what the intent was behind some of the things I was saying, well, um, you, I'll you put a link that. to a, a very long eight-page essay that I wrote called the, uh, the Strategic Weaponization of Controversy in the Media by Aaron Howell. Um, I, I bet like five people <laughs> will read it. Dude, I'll bet five people will read it and they'll probably all think I'm full of shit. But uh, if anybody's curious, if anybody cares, that will be available. So yeah, uh, people say things. <laughs> and people, God damn it. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on yes, to moving on. something less wormy. <laughs> um we did uh, we did that double header a couple Saturdays ago. Yeah, the Dio's Disciples and uh, Fort Collins New Worst Fest. New Worst Fest, yeah. Um, so let's. I don't know what was uh, what were some of the highlights of the day for you, Tony? Oh, um, I got to use my new guitar delay pedal. What did you think of it? <laughs> I loved it. It was super cool, man. <laughs> it made it, the solos scream. And I know that since I first got it, I'm just overusing it. I only use it for solos, I guess, but... It's kind of like when I first got the gimbal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and still, you had the gimbal on fucking stage with us. What, well, what's wrong with that? I'm just taking video. I there's, want the world to be There's three guys able... in the front taking video, too. Yeah, but there's nobody on the stage taking oh, video. exclusive video That's like Aaron the on... Howe. <laughs> Did you think it was annoying? Did you think it was cheesy? 
Um, I like the video, video. I, liked, from on stage. I liked the video, but I didn't like watching you parade around with a fucking <laughs> selfie stick in a, in a, in a it's phone. It's not a selfie stick. I know it's, it's not a, a selfie stick. Yeah, it's a very expensive gimbal. So it's an expensive piece of video equipment for for increasing our content level, upping our production game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to crush that content, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, the so at the high content turns out good. The d- delay pedal. Too bad, <laughs> all the important moments in our life are now being just you know crewed around by Mr. Aaron Howell and his gimbal. Hey, no, I don't think of all the stuff that I don't film. Like I, I barely take, uh, I barely film anything at band practice, and I do that deliberately. I do that because you I do film at band practice. Not very much. I'll usually film for like a, a like a couple or of minutes. In the studio. I'll usually film. We have a whole series dedicated to you know what though, Tony. I will only film like for a couple of minutes here and there. But I can't blame you for it. We have tons of content because of it. Well, yeah, and I mean, but I also deliberately leave stuff out. I deliberately put it down and shut my phone off because I think it's important to be present for those, um, you know, uh, those creative experiences, that creative time that we have together. I think it's important to be present for it, and so I'll turn my phone off or. So I'll get like shooting, shooting a little bit of content for, for online and shit out of the way and then put that shit away. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the same reason I don't look at my phone while we're doing the podcast and shit, except to do like the digislate or whatever. Well, how can you look at the phone when we're sitting here talking to each other? People do it all the time. Pick you talking about f- me? No, I'm <laughs> saying people in general pick up their phones when they're in the middle of talking to people. I do it all the time. It's fucking rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you just point up the one finger and say, no, hold, oh, hold on. on. It, it, it's basically sending a message to the other person of like, or, or, oh, or, I'm or, sorry, or, you're not important, but this person who's texting me from outer space, that they are important. He said, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> if you'll excuse me. Yeah. Um, with the finger. With the finger. So, or, or no, the new response is like, sorry, sorry, I know, this is rude, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just what, what Sarah and I will do a lot of the time, and she, she I don't think, real, even really notices that I do this, but before we'll like go into a restaurant or something, I turn my phone off and put it in the glove box. Hmm. Like I leave it in the car when we go into a restaurant. Just because I want to make sure that nothing comes up that's going to detract from that time together. You know what I mean? That's a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, new worst fest. New worst fest. To Tony's highlights. Tony's Tony's, Tony's highlights. three favorite things of new worst fest. Um. So the delay pedal. The delay pedal was cool. The crowd was very cool. The, Great the, crowd. The, yeah, the rain had had stopped and everybody kind of came out. Um, they stopped right. The rain stopped like right before we went on. It was a good crowd of people too. Oh, I liked it a whole lot. Like especially considering we were the second band of the day, there was a lot of people there. Like, and we had a great response and everybody was super nice. It was a lot of fun, man. Thanks, uh, thanks to Craig and Jessica um, for putting us on New Worst Fest, man. That was a lot of fun. And what else? Our Dio's Disciples. Well, no, no, no. What, was, what else did you like about New Worst Fest? Um, the chicken? Oh, the chicken was so good. The chicken was good. Music City Hot Chicken. Yeah. No, there were some really funny moments during that show, man. You know what my least favorite moment of it was? What? When you kicked over my damn gin and tonic. <laughs> oh, yeah. You son was, of a bitch. Dude, I was fucking with Tony all day. So You didn't do it on purpose either. It's just because you're a goddamn the, the, airhead. So the first time I ruined Tony's day, on our way up to <laughs> you Fort You didn't ruin Collins, the day. And the first, all right, so okay, the, first, the, f- the first one, and this is from my perspective, tell me if I'm wrong. 
But uh, the first one, we're in the car driving up to Fort Collins, and we pull up to the gas station. I have a half a can of Dr. Pepper, still cold, sitting <laughs> in the cup holder next to me. I'm sitting shotgun. It's not even far from me. I go in to get a pack of smokes and come back out. You threw it away. In the dude, I threw it out the moment you walked up. Yeah, to I the walked car up and too. I saw you with the, <laughs> you in your hand. And you threw it away. Me throwing away your Dr. Pepper. He said, okay. "Oh, I'm just getting rid of the garbage in my in, in my car." And I laughed. I'm like, "Oh, you airhead! Oh, Aaron's so funny." Yeah, yeah. Then we get to the show, the New Worst Fest show, and we're get, moments from going on stage. Moments from going on stage. I, I, I get myself a gin and tonic for the for the stage, and. Uh, <laughs> there's like a little smoking section where uh, me and a few of the guys are hanging out and I put my drink on this big sidewalk all the way into the corner where it can't be knocked over and Aaron comes up in his little red jumpsuit and cowboy boots and walks directly <laughs> at it kicks it over but never even looking down it, it, it reminded me of the, the the episode in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie Day and uh, and Mac are walking down the street and Charlie goes oh look some dog shit and he ends up stepping in it <laughs> He's like, why'd you step in it? He's like, well, I couldn't avoid it. He's like, you called it out before you saw it. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I just stepped in it, you know? It's on the sidewalk. And then the third time was... <laughs> At Dio's Disciples. Was on stage during the D- Dio Disciples show. Yeah, we're on stage, and I have my pedal set up the way I do. And Aaron comes over and somehow just kicks two of my pedals away. <laughs> so unplugs that them both. Unplugs, unplugs two of right them. Right before our last song. And not the way that, like... Oh man, yeah, that was right before our last song too. Not not in a way that you could easily hook it back up either. Yeah. Like in a way that just like, like I basically just might as well have like bent down and unhooked all your shit. Did you ever play SimCity for Super Nintendo? Of course. And when you can have Bowser click on the Bowser and he comes through and like just like starts tearing through your city. Yeah. That's what you did to my pedals. <laughs> that's exactly what you did to my pedals. First, I'm sorry. <laughs> You gotta say you're sorry first. I haven't. I haven't killed you yet. I was going to kill you that night. First, I'm sorry. You fucking should be sorry. However, however, my ass. The Dr Pepper was in the cup holder. It was mostly gone. It was half gone. No, it was was mostly gone, and it was a force of habit. And I'm sorry for it. I just bought a fresh drink, and I wasn't thinking about it. And I drink Dr Pepper too, so I just I want you to know it wasn't something like I was like. Like, oh, I'm Tony's always leaving a mess in my car. I'll throw his stuff away. It was really just me being a dipshit. Yep. Um, That's the, why the first one got a giggle. The uh, <laughs> the gin and tonic incident. What the fuck is that? You all about? did have your drink on the sidewalk, and sidewalks are for walking. That on was it. Was the in the side. corner next to a gate <laughs> and the brick wall. It was in the corner. By you kicking it over, you kicked it all over like the bags, the drum bags are over. The there third too. time. The third time. It was out of the way. We, it was totally out of the way. We were also standing like five feet from it because that's where the well, edge was. We did have maybe six inches of room from the lip of the stage okay. because the drum set was set up at the front and I didn't have a lot of room for activities and I'm kind of clumsy and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would you I would never do anything to deliberately sabotage your I know, life. I know you didn't do any of those things on purpose, <laughs> but it was incredible to me to watch... Your airheadedness just go through three times on the th- actually the third Watch time it happened three times. The, th- the, th- the third time was way more forgivable. God, dude, the second one I just that's couldn't like believe. you know how everybody has like their why well, kick a drink on the sidewalk anyway. <laughs> I a, wasn't a paying attention. I, I don't think you even saw it. I wasn't it was paying not, attention. You didn't. You didn't see it until I told you about it, which is even more incredible. There was no, literally nothing on the sidewalk but that. 
<laughs> well, it, I mean, it was a cup with liquid in it. You know what I mean? And a lime and a straw hang out of it full of ice. <laughs> Keep your drink in your hand. Fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the, the, the two shows, all those things, me and Tony's little uh, fucking... Uh, Odd couple episode there, like. No, not the odd couple. What would I don't know? It was it was a it was a travesty. It was like a, it was like a British comedy, man. Yeah, it was very dry. Yeah, um, but the shows themselves were great. Yeah, the uh, the New Worst Fest was awesome, and the Dio Disciples show. I had a blast at that show, man. First of all, shout out to all the bands that we got to see. Uh, unfortunately, at New Worst Fest, all we got to see was Boner and Gorilla Radio. They were fucking awesome. They were. But I, I heard, I heard had all the song, other bands uh, were great. Was it Statutory Summer? And then Statutory Summer. They had that song, um, uh, Hooray, You Weren't Aborted or something yeah. like that. You Could Have Been Abortion. What was that it? That chick was pretty vile. Oh, dude. Dude, Jessica, and then they did Jessica, a cover. Jessica's they did hilarious. a cover of Weird Al Yankovic, like a surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica's hilarious, dude. It was awesome. She's great. Um, but yeah, and and I heard all the other bands were great. I saw a bunch of photos that Jeff uh, Jeff Reese and um, and uh, fucking Michael Emanuel took, and we met a bunch of cool people at that uh, at that oh, festival. Yeah. It was really cool, man. So uh, we're going to be planning to come up and do some Fort Collins stuff again real soon. Um, God, what? It, it, but then the Dio Disciples show, Straight Six, Lotus Gate, um, fucking Chris Romero played. Uh, it was, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. Everybody was such a fucking joy to hang out with. All the musicians were great. Dio Disciples was in fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, my favorite was the keyboard player. Mine too. He was so rad. He had like the patches from like the original patches from uh, Dio songs, like the intro for Holy Diver. And mm-hmm. oh, it was so cool, man. And um, yeah, Goldie was rad. And fucking the Ripper was fucking so rad, dude. He, uh, there is one thing I will say though. Like he came out in kind of like the beige jacket. And the fucking Monster Energy drink hat and the sunglasses and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, uh, come on, man. You're doing, you're doing a Dio set. Let's, let's see some pageantry. You know what I mean? Let's see, yeah. let's see a black flowy shirt and fucking, <laughs> let's see some moves, man. Come on. I <laughs> you're just, all about the moves. I felt that was phoning it in a little bit, uh-huh. if we're being honest. But performance-wise, just vocally, he was beyond reproach he was so fucking good they played a bunch of my favorite do songs they played um they played uh fucking long live rock and roll they played holy diver rainbow in the dark um my favorite moment of the whole show was they played stargazer which is one of my favorite fucking rainbow songs they played heaven and hell they played uh what else did they play they played fucking um oh stand up and shout that's right, dude. And me and Tony and Ty. Well, Tony and Ty are drunk as monkeys, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just happy and high and just, dude. We're up front, just screaming all these songs, and the crowd was so nice, man. I met so many nice people at that show that came up and were like, 
and some of the dudes from the bands too that were like, hey, I've seen you guys a bunch. You know, I saw you guys with Steel Panther or I saw you with Striper or I saw you with this band. I, and people were just like coming up and shaking our hands and just saying, I just want to say thanks for the shows and, and love your band and love everything that you're doing and keep it going. That really like, dude, that, that show... The, the shows that we've done at Herman's lately, the crowds that we've met there, kind of like, I would say the 35 to 55 crowd that we've been playing for when we do shows over there. Makes they, sense. Dude, they are the most gracious fucking people, dude. Just so nice and just like, like just so like happy to see the show and so enthusiastic about rock and roll. And, and, and it, it's, it's not like, when you're younger and you're hanging around the scene bars, you know what I mean? Like when we're in our 20s and everybody's just kind of standing around sizing each other up. You what? know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, like when you're in your 20s, when you're in your, like when we were in our 20s, we used to talk so much shit. You know what I mean? We used to just be such little nasty, vindictive, fucking immature butt nuggets. You know what I mean? And that that's like part of the competitiveness of being a young musician, I think, or being a young music fan is like, whoever cares the least wins. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like going and doing these shows for like the older, true rock and roll fans, like the old school rock and roll and metalhead dudes, they, and, and chicks are always just the most fun, nice, friendly, warm people that we get to play for. So the crowd was really great. I don't Um, remember that much shit talking maybe you guys talked a lot of shit no you know what and that's actually true because when we first met you like you were a very sweet like like boy next door kid from the neighborhood type of thing like you played in a badass rock and roll band and you smoked cigarettes and you smoked weed and you drank and stuff but you and your family and the people you grew up around are very moral people like very like old school de- like values of like decency and fucking honesty and shit. <laughs> what a fucking shame I, I know and then we got a hold of you and i feel like we made you worse as a person do you think so yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely but i've stopped it only it only stuck for like uh, maybe a year yeah so. yeah yeah there but i just one of the things that I would, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, one of the things that I would say is, you know, hey, shut your mouth, quit talking shit, and start lifting people up. Because a rising tide lifts all ships. And these relationships are going to matter to you some, someday. And I feel like our crew of musicians had to do a lot of repairing of bridges that we burned in the past from being fucking assholes. You know hmm. what I mean? Even Jim Norris, uh, you know, from Mutiny and formerly Three Kings. Like, I've known Jim since I was 17 years old. Probably younger than that. We got, he and Kent Shelton from the Gothic actually had meetings about what pieces of shit we are. Like, Jim told me, he's like, we had fucking meetings about you guys. You guys were awful. Just, like, destroying green rooms. That's way before I joined the band. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. And it took years for Jim... To like notice that we were nice people and that we were earnest about what we were doing. We were sincere about what we were doing. We were just fucking immature little buttholes. And he kind of took us under his wing and, and 
is definitely one of the people who mentored us in those kind of younger years. Mm. By the time you got to us, we were a bit more professional, but we were still kind of just like, me, 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 you know, gossipy <laughs> little fucking boys. You know what I mean? So, but, and then I think that you've always, you've always maintained that like integrity. If I, if I could use that word, like, That's nice, yeah. like about you and you and your family, you and your people like are very integrous people. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? On that note, on that positive note, let's take a break. Oh, you want to take a break? I want to take a break and then, uh, uh, we'll get on to some news afterwards. Okay. All right. News time. News time. News time. Okay. So um, we do have one announcement. You stopped doing the news noise now. That's good. Oh, that's because John's been doing the news noise. Like right now in post-production. Really? Like as John is listening to this right now, he's adding in the news music. Like he's got he's got a news track. Do you listen to the podcast? I do, but I don't remember ever hearing the news. Oh stuff. yeah, well that's because you've gotten so used to it that it's just in the background. That's the way good news music is designed to work. It's like a Pavlov's law trick. It, it is. It, it is. It's total. Very good, Tony. It's Pavlov. It's, All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> stimulus. It's it is stimulus response. It's like you hear that, and out of your awareness, you're like, oh, it's news time. Um, yeah. So, got a bunch of shows coming up, including the tour, and we, we might be jumping the gun on this, but I feel like we should get the word out now. Since is, it, is it confirmed? I just confirmed. You just ev- confirmed. I did just confirm. Did the band confirm? The band confirmed. All so, I've, I've heard from everybody else. All everybody right else is available. And we did get offered last night. It's kind of a last-minute gig, but it's going to be a super fun one, and we've been invited to play Gary Lee Day's at Gary Lee's Pub and Grub on South Broadway on September 15th. And, uh, man, what can we say about Gary Lee Days? Except I, I don't know much about anything about it. I heard about it this okay, morning Okay, so you. Gary Lee Days is a tribute to, to Gary, Lee. Gary Lee Bomar, who yeah. owned Gary Lee's Motor Club and Grub, who died in a tragic accident a few years ago. And Gary was a... Pillar of the South Broadway yeah, community. He's a Denver legend, right? He's a Denver legend. I think the first time I ever drank in a bar was at the Skylark when it was in the same location as Barry's was, like mm-hmm. the old Skylark, and Gary Lee was behind the bar. Nice. Like, and I don't even think I had a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary, Gary's been around, for, was around forever, and, and it was a real just like shocking loss when he died, and, and it was a very sad thing. And, um, and, uh, and so for the last few years, they've been having a festival at the end of summer called Gary Lee Days, which is they have bands play and they throw, they throw a big party festival thing to kind of, uh, uh, raise money in honor of Gary Lee and to honor his memory and stuff like that. It's been getting bigger and bigger every year. And, um, I was talking to Terry the uh, who's Gary's partner before uh, Terry and Gary, yeah. uh, Terry, uh, Gary's partner last night, and he was saying they were really hurting for a headliner. And you know, I mentioned what band I was in. He's like, "Holy shit, man! You guys are great. I love your stuff." Da 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 da. Because I went and had a business meeting with uh, Josh Finley. Love seeing Josh Finley, especially when he's had a couple. Man, I'll <laughs> tell you about that later. It was it was a fucking great conversation. Um, 
But uh, so yeah, so I said I would check with you guys, which I did. Everyone's available. And it looks like on September 15th, it'll pretty much be our tour kickoff. What would be great is if the Blind Staggers happen to be in town a couple days early. I doubt that's we doable. Are. are you? It might be the 16th, though. Oh, or... well. Hold on. Hold on. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk off mic, yeah. We, well, we have, we're up scheduling Rocket Space rehearsals for us two days before we leave. Are you really? I really am. Huh. huh. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Stay tuned on that. We're going to look into some stuff. Um, so yeah, so September 15th, Gary Lee days, that is going to be at, uh, Gary Lee's pub and grub on South Broadway in Denver, Colorado, just announced. Um, and then the thing that we're really getting excited and really getting geared up for is, uh, the MF Ruckus Blind Staggers Northwest Family Vacation Tour, which has now been named, We Don't Party Like We Used to Party. Stop saying party. <laughs> you say party too much. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's on the poster. So yeah, stop yeah. saying party. Yeah, that that was that was my that was my idea. It's like you say party. I was like it was like and put a bubble coming out of the van that says stop saying party. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, the the whole joke behind that is we of course have our song we don't party, but then Blind Staggers have uh, I remember when we used to party. Yeah. That's, now we just do drugs in parentheticals. Uh, uh, or now par- we just give hugs. It depends if we're playing all ages or not. Oh, right, right, right. Now we just give hugs. Um, so, yeah. So, it's going to be a super fun trip. We're playing the 18th of September, um, which is a Tuesday night. We'll be in Boise, Idaho at Tom Graney's. Um, yeah, with Groggy Bikini, which is... Uh, Groggy Bikini is um, Andy Santarusa, or John... From Trigger Rich's new band. So, and then, um, oh, you know what? I've actually got a text here from from Andy that gives some more information about that. Uh, 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 see, this is called dead air in the business. In the business? In the bit, yeah. Our business? In, in our business, which isn't really a business. No. Um, let me see. Oh, Jimmy Jimmy Vegas and uh, Jimmy Vegas and the Phoebes is uh, the other band that's going to be playing that show at uh, Tom Graney's in Boise. That's going to be a super fun one. We haven't been to Boise in a while. It's going to be good to see a lot of old friends. Um, let's see. The next night we're going to be at Dante's in Portland, Oregon. Um, that's the nineteenth of September with the Blind Staggers, of course, and My New Vice. We just uh, released a poster of that today. Did you see the Godzilla poster? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's pretty cool. So uh, we're excited about that. Um, then the 20th of September, which is a Thursday night, we're going to be at the High Fidelity Lounge in uh, Bremerton, Washington. Um, the lineup is still yet to be announced, but I think I think uh, Surrender the Crown Productions, who's putting on the show, I think they have found the other bands to be on it. So that is coming up uh, on the 20th of September. The 21st... Uh, we're going to be playing in Everett, Washington at Tony V's Garage with Moto Geist, the Blind Staggers, and Black Pussy. And I heard today Tony V's posted that that's going to be Black Pussy's last show. Ever? Yeah. Hmm. Now, I know, I know Keith has another project that he's been working on, but I wonder if they're... 
if they're doing like a rebrand or if it's the end of the band. I doubt it's the end of the band because they fucking tour like crazy. They're pretty successful. I don't know why they would quit. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I don't know if that's a rumor. I guess... It's it's definitely a rumor. Well, I mean, the venue posted it online and it said Black Pussy's final show. So I don't... You guys listening might want to look into that and see if that's a true thing. I'm sure we'll find out more information on that soon. Yeah. But that's the word that's in the air. Um, So that's the 21st of September. That's going to be a pretty crazy show. Um, The 22nd of September, we're going to be in Seattle, Washington, um, Splatterhouse, uh, for the Splatterhouse Ruckus 2. That's at Slim's Last Chance. Big John Bates, Drag Strip Riot, the Lucitone, Stoned Evergreen Travelers, the Blind Staggers. Uh, really a fantastic show. It's it's uh, going to be an all-day event. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be two stages at Slim's Last Chance. Tons and tons of fun. Um, and then the final show of the tour, we're going to be in Bellingham, Washington at Bosco's on Sunday, September 23rd. It's going to be our first time in Bellingham. We're really going out there because we've had a couple very nice people uh, who have been begging us to come up to Bellingham for a long time. And it's a cool place, kind of up near the Canadian border. So maybe we should go cross over and see what we can see. Who Who's uh, not allowed? Who... We'll try it out. We'll see what happens. I think there'll be three f- three felons in the van that I can think of. Three felons? I think so. What, me, Parker? Damien. Oh, Damien too? I'm pretty sure. Huh. I think that's why he's not allowed in Canada. No, you're not allowed to go into Canada with a DUI. Oh. Like, I don't know if it's felonies necessary, which excludes me, because, you know, glug, glug, boom. But, uh... <laughs> But they're, they're, well, maybe Damien's not I a think felon. it's at the um, I think it's at the discretion of the border agent. Hmm. And I have been into Canada before. I went to Victoria, British Columbia on that cruise, so I don't know. Anyway, did you, did you get off the boat in, in that place? Yeah. Oh yeah, hmm. I got off the boat. Yeah, maybe they just don't check the cruise. So if anybody wants to sneak into a foreign country, um, you might take a cruise somewhere. And uh, just not walk back on the I heard boat. there's a dirt road. I heard about the dirt road into Canada, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to be at Bosco's in Bellingham, Washington yeah. on Sunday the 23rd. I just looked it up. The uh, Blind Staggers will be in town September 16th. Oh, the 16th. Is the day that we're, we're practicing. Rehearsing. Well, but. If there's an could, extra day, change. maybe. That could change. Well, let's, let's, talk, let's talk to him about it. Well, you got to talk to Gary Lees, too. Yeah. Let's, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. More about that coming soon. Um, October 9th, of course, we are playing at Streets of London with Most Generator. Most Generator is the band that came through with um, Fu Manchu not too long ago. Uh, And Throttle Bomb. And Throttle Bomb is going to be playing. Love Throttle Bomb. Um, Smolder and Burn. Love Smolder and Burn. It's going to be super fun. Uh, The the local lineup is going to show up in full force. And Most Generator is a sick band. So that... It'll be a really cool Speaking show. Speaking of Throttle Bomb, there was a video that Bart, uh, Bart, who plays guitar in Throttle Bomb, uh, and also recorded a bunch of our records, he posted a video of him in the studio toying around with some <laughs> experimental pedals. Did you see this video? Mm-mm. So what he did was he took not one, not two, not three, but four of those Metal Zone guitar pedals, <laughs> Boss Guitar Metal what? Zone, chained them together and turned them all up. 
What did it do? It made a bunch of shitty noise, but that sound is going on the record. <laughs> it made it put, just a bunch of shitty noise? Uh, uh, well, it's not shitty noise. It's just, you know, it's for, it was for, yeah. <laughs> it just <laughs> looks ridiculous. So it was distorted, distortion, distorted through a distortion pedal, yeah. through a distortion pedal. And then through who knows what, because I didn't see the amp or anything. Oh, but man. But I just thought it was one of the funniest videos out there. Every, every, all, the, all the pedals are cranked, too. But, you know, I... <laughs> and speaking, you know, for algorithms of Facebook or, or videos or whatever, right? Somebody else had a video of that um, that same pedal, saying that if you go in through the effects loop, it doesn't really sound that bad. Really? If you bypass the amp, basically. Huh? And so if Bart didn't have an amp and he put four of them on there, it might have sounded four times as badass. Man, I want to know what that sounds like. Yeah, check out Throttle Bomb's new record. I think it's on there. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll check it. We'll check out Throttle Bomb. When Throttle Bomb's new, what is this the record they're still waiting to drop? Uh, probably. Okay. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I saw the video maybe a month ago or something. Cool. Uh, I hope he does it on stage. Yeah, me too. That's fucking badass. Four metal zone. He's got a little studio. pedal That's board funny. just dedicated for that sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to sound beautiful. Um, oh, what else? Uh, here soon at the end of the month. We're going to be going uh, up to the studio to put the finishing touches on all the songs up at Evergroove. Yep. And uh, we're hoping to have an album out probably by the first of the year. I would say Christmas, yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that's realistic. Um, so yeah, so keep your eye out for that. Let's drop it on Christmas. The, 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 the comic isn't done. I should, I should emphasize that. The comic is not done. But we are regrouping to seek out some more resources and some more, some more ways to make it feasible for us. We're still writing it. We're still working on it. But, you can uh, say how it really is. It's fucking hard to come out with a comic book. It's super fucking hard. <laughs> Dude, easy to write. Yeah. But that's not the hard part is the illustrator has the fucking burden. You know what I mean? By the that's way, a- dude, I found... So I just watched Watchmen for the first time. I've never watched Watchmen. Is that a Marvel movie? No, it's it's actually a DC movie, but it's written by Alan Moore, who's the same guy who wrote Promethea, which is the graphic novel series I've gotten really into recently. And I kind of missed it when it came out before because I didn't know who Alan Moore was. But I've started like researching Alan Moore and and some other lunatic comic book artists that are kind of of his ilk. And... Uh, you know, the movie's okay. It's got some things that aren't true to the comic from what I understand. So I started researching some stuff about the comic. And I found a Watchmen, it's called a motion comic. And it's basically what I kind of had in my head for the comic the whole time. Hmm. So I sent that over to Jamie. I sent that over, you know, I started sending it to a bunch of people. But it's but like... But not us. <laughs> it, well, you guys don't watch anything I send you. So... Um, <laughs> that's, that's not, not true. true you do I'll, I'll i'll send it to you i'll show it to you but it, it started giving me a lot of ideas so um so yeah we're still working on the comic the comic is still happening uh we just are kind of tired of not putting anything out so we're gonna put a fucking record out and then start working on the next batch of songs so stay tuned for that and that'll be coming out soon uh probably on uh rodeo star if not a, another label depending on what rodeo star decides because uh, we do owe them a record, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we definitely owe them a record. I know. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all the news for right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Good news segment, Aaron. 
Good news. See, this is what happens when we don't get together for like a couple weeks is we have like a shit. It's like kinking a hose. We have all sorts of shit to report. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and thank some sponsors. So, of course, first sponsor we want to thank, Matula Plumbing. Matula! You just, you just went to uh, Jerry Matula's son's wedding. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, Jason's how, wedding. Was it beautiful? It was very beautiful. How was, did Jerry cry? No. No, but he spoke Spanish. Did he really? He spoke Spanish to uh, the bride's family. Jerry Matula speaks Spanish? No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but did he, like, learn some? Yeah, he, like, he wrote a speech out, you know, like... Uh, when they were all sitting in line or whatever, you know, doing the speeches for each other, uh, Jerry's speech, and so did Jason's speech actually. Like the end of their speech had whatever they what they wanted to say, which was basically like, we we'll, we welcome to your family with open arms and we love you and all this, you know. But he said it in Spanish what a because guy. what a class act, what a class act, man. And he's not a bad plumber either. No, Matula plumbing plumber, yeah. for all your plumbing needs. <laughs> he told he told me. Uh, he told me afterwards, I said, Jerry, nice Spanish work. He goes, yeah, just try, try to impress the family, you know, getting good with them first and put my best foot forward. So I was, I was sitting up at midnight last night trying to figure out what I was going to say. And I can't Google translate it because I don't want to sound like a dipshit. So <laughs> so did he get someone who spoke Spanish yeah. to help him out? Yeah. What I a class. What a class yeah, act, man. Definitely. Jerry Matula, we salute you. Uh, what's, Show what's, wing. What's the uh, what's the Matula Plumbing uh, slogan? Your shit is our bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> the master of poopers. Your 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 number two Speaking is which, our number one priority. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, he wants he wants us to uh, to do the master of poopers uh, uh, spoof. Of, what am I to say? Consider Parody. it done. Okay, yeah, he wants us to do it, and we're going to be in town, or at least me and Laura are going to be in town, and I think I'm going to bring Logan out there. Um, Get him out there for John Skibicki's wedding that the Staggers are doing. When is that again? October 6th. Now check mm. me out. We got Logan. We got me. And Jerry can play the drums. He wants to play drums on it, actually. And then we just need the person to kind of write the lyrics and sing it all. Oh, I, I would love to go. And that would be an ideal time to do it. All right. Let's see. Let's see what we can do to make it happen. Right, I want to go right. out there and do it. That's a win. You heard it first, Jerry. All right, uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, yeah. where uh, we're currently working with my little brother, Brian Howell, to uh, fill in on drums for, <laughs> for uh, Ty Blosser yep. on, on the upcoming tour. Um, man, fucking, those are big shoes to fill, and I've been really impressed with how Brian's been showing yeah. up. He's, he really, you can tell that he's been doing his homework. That's exactly what I told Ty. Yeah. He goes, well, how, how did we how do? I go, I said, we got to... Work out a few more kinks to like make it glue better, but the thing he's got going for him that's even better than just about anybody, almost including Ty, is like he knows all of the changes and he's like very familiar with the songs. Yeah, because he's listening to them a whole lot. He's been doing his homework, and my parents told me they're like, "We hear him playing every day." That's good. They're like, "He's working on that. it really hard." So uh, and now tonight it's just me and him. That'll be great, man. Fewer distractions. You guys can fewer work distractions. Through. We're gonna be outside just burning the whole time. <laughs> Cost us forty dollars to rent a space we can't smoke in. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Uh, Mutiny Information Cafe, of course. This is a Mutiny Transmission, which is a uh, media service division of Mutiny Information Cafe. Books, music, uh, live 
events, including open mic magic, open mic yeah, comedy, fucking live bands, uh, all sorts of co- poetry readings, all sorts of cool stuff. It's a think tank. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is more than a bookshop. It, I consider it to be a zeitgeist establishment in, in Denver, Colorado. It really is capturing um, a, a time in our, uh, our artistic scene history in Denver. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Two South Broadway in the heart of Denver, Colorado. Uh, stop by, have a coffee, read a book, buy some records, and catch a show maybe. Um, who else? Who else? Oh, of course, Evergroove Studio. Greatest studio on the planet. And the only solar-powered studio that I really know of. I'm sure there are tons in the world, but, but solar-powered, state-of-the-art studio in, in the beautiful mountains of Evergreen, Colorado. Uh, Jenny and Brad are some of the most lovely, wonderful people in the world that I have encountered and met. By the way, we paid our balance. We paid our studio bill. No shit. We paid our studio bill, man. We're 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 square with the house right now. Yeah, but then we're going into well, the studio this up. weekend, yeah. and then we're gonna go <laughs> get in debt again. Then Brad, promise it won't take us a year to pay you next time. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll take two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, of course, the Nug Nation. We're here at Nug Nation Studios. Uh, watch out for a, a tour video of me and uh, me and Tony walking through and showing you kind of the development of this place. And of course, the thirty. Uh, oh, check out the Nug Nation at thenugnation.com. Um, got some big things that are rolling out very soon. Oh yeah. So, actually, you were talking with Mike. Um, there was something he was he was, he was, he was telling you his vision for the place for the, for the place right yeah so you gave me your tour of this place and he gave me his version of the tour which was I'm sorry to say just way more exciting and way more cool okay tell he, me about it tell me about it. his vision well no um well, I'm not gonna give it all away but um, some of the high points the hype the hype the main high point that I really liked um, is that he's building a uh, half pipe in the back. Well, is it the bullpen? Is that what that is? No, the, 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 the back. The back's like the the shop. Okay, the shop then. Yeah, uh, they, they're going to put that pipe over there, and they have like coping, you know, but right? Going to breathe fire out of it, and they're going to have like <laughs> these pro skaters come in and like just be skating that thing for like a promotion. I think for burn, right? Because it's all fire and all this stuff. But that was one of the coolest. One of the coolest things. That's going to be really cool. But that's yeah. just a little teaser. I'm not going to say anything else that he was. Talking yeah, about. no, it's it's going to be incredible. It's not really my and, place. and it's all it's already looking really good. Yet, uh, I happened to walk into a, a staff meeting today, and let's just say, you know, obviously I I can't disclose, but let's just say that there's some big shit coming down the the, the it's pipe. Pretty here exciting, at, man. At Nug Nation, so kudos to them. If you want to hear what we're talking about, the NugNation.com. Um, Oh, and of course, the 39 uh, generous souls who subscribe to us on Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Who's going to be number 40? That's a very good question. You were number 40, and then we lost a guy. (laughs) Bummer. And and so we need to get back up to an even 40 again. Uh, But yeah, uh, to learn more about our serialized concept album and graphic novel, The Front Lines of Good Times, and how you can help it come out, uh, go to Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Uh, so we're going to move on and do some commentary now, right? Sure. All right. Uh, oh, wait, actually. You got to set up this whole thing. 
All right, it's commentary time. Commentary time. And uh, man, we've been we've been diving into your back catalog a lot lately, mm-hmm. and I think it's great. Yeah, like I, like I think it. a lot. I think there's I like a it. lot of people, especially the people that met you after you lived, like met you when you moved to Denver the first time, that are like totally unaware that you have this whole musical life leading. I mean, it's obvious because you play guitar, you know, like the way you do, but. Like, a lot of people aren't aware of the world that you came from musically. So it's been really cool to, like, dive into to some of that stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. The, uh, the, the band that we're going to have this time is Coalition of the Thrilling. Which is so a, tell me about Coalition so, so of the Thrilling. The, the, the ba- that band consisted of me and uh, my brother, Damien, playing... Or actually, he didn't even play guitar. He only sang. He didn't play guitar on this at all. Right. Um, and then we had uh, Sean Price Oaf playing drums, mm-hmm. uh, playing bass rather, and uh, uh, John McGuinn and Johnny Mac playing uh, drums. And uh, Damien, Damien, John, and Sean, they, I think they were in a band together when they were in high school. Like, you know, they used to jam out punk rock all mm-hmm. the time. You know, that's when, that's when I first met those guys too. And uh, it was after Road Crew, I think, was either splitting up or not even splitting up. It had nothing to do with the fact that Road Crew was like almost done or anything. But we're all hanging out in the basement, and we talked about how we could probably be in a punk rock band pretty easily. Right. Like, like we were talking about days of playing before, and if we tried to do something now, if, like we were just like, yeah, we could probably come up with something, and we're hanging out in the basement where all the music stuff is. So we just picked up our instruments and came up with these four songs, and this is one of them. Came up with these four songs in like maybe an hour. This, this is a song that... Damien wrote for his baby mama, his ex-wife, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was, that's the uh, inspiration for this song for sure. Yeah, because it's called "I Love You" and it's called "Ebba Fun Time USA." <laughs> All right, uh, let's die. Let's dive. Wait, so when did we play with Coalition of the Thrilling? That was that the first time we met. Was it the first time we met? I think it was, it was Coalition the... and Road Crew were playing. Oh, Coalition barely played. Like we, that's right. We Co- it was it was Coalition and Road Crew because yeah. Coalition opened. Yep. And then we played. Mm-hmm. And then Road Crew played. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Right. So you have to look for an opening band. It's like we'll just come up with one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that name, Coalition of the Thrilling. Because that, that was a take. You, that Sean, oh. Sean came up with that name, and it was a take on the Coalition of the Willing with uh, George Bush. That was right, going right. on at the time. You guys, you guys have always been really good with coming up with names and stuff. Your brother came up with the name of the tour, the the we don't party like we used to party. That <laughs> yeah. was that was your brother's idea. You guys have always been good at coming up with cool names for stuff, except for Road Crew, dude. Actually, no, Road Crew is a great band name. You know the skills to pay the bills tattoo, like yeah, I see it. You, I got that idea from you guys. What? Yeah, because you guys had that. Uh, you guys had that toolbox in the basement. That uh, it was a skills like a, like a skills toolbox like yeah. skill yeah, skill yeah. saw tools you know what I mean and it was it it just said skills and then underneath it had a piece of tape that said to pay the bills <laughs> that's where I got the idea for this tattoo from well like we put our microphones and shit in there no but it just was a tool that said that and I had never heard this the the phrase skills to pay the bills before but I was <laughs> nice. like that is fucking badass and that's a great attitude to have so anyway uh, this is I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in parentheses, Ebba Fun Time USA. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, this, this this song, when uh, we're coming up with it, um, 
because like we went around the room, it was like somebody come up with an idea for how, how we're going to start the song, not start the song, but write the song, you know, and I decided to do my take on Screeching Weasel. You ever heard of them? Oh, dude, I love Screeching Weasel. Yeah, the Chicago punk rock band. Yeah, Kill the Musicians was uh, my favorite Screeching Weasel album. I liked Boogada Boogada Boogada. Boogada 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 is a great. You know what Hana used to call it? Boogada Boogada Boogada. <laughs> I was like, it's Boogada Boogada Boogada. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'm like, come on. You get it. Uh, yeah, Kill the Musicians. Fucking like... Uh, Veronica hates me and fucking um, I want to be a homosexual like yeah. songs like that yeah man uh, so this is Coalition of the Thrilling I love you in three two one now definitely oh yeah the drums for sure I used to love when you guys would play this song in the basement at, at, at the, the parties and shit. I like this song a lot. Such a fun one. We should do this on a MF Monday sometime. That's a great chorus. <laughs> yeah, I, there's lots of people that uh, that love you when you're getting them drunk, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I thought this band was pretty good, man. You That's a good pretty, band. Pretty songs in that. This is this is totally like the chorus is is a great love song to bartenders everywhere. Okay. And in parentheses, it should be, I only love you because you get me drunk. As soon as you don't work here anymore, I'll forget you even exist. Yeah, sometimes. What a cool song. Yeah, I really wish I would have looked back and found that. You know, I didn't sit there and look back and so much later. Actually, after the band was completely gone, it was me and play Dude, we should song. cover this. This is a good song. Me and Laura do it. Dude, this is such a good song. It's much slower, obviously. Yeah, everything Laura sings on is prettier than anything I sing on. That's a fact. <laughs> She's coming into the studio. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be cool, man. <laughs> right on, man. That uh, that was Coalition of the Thrilling with "I Love You" and in parentheses "Ebba Fun Time USA." I'm not sure if you, Damien, I think, is in the process of putting that on Spotify right now. That's right, because you guys are putting your whole back catalog up on like CD Baby and shit, right? I think so, dude. That's great. So. Well, St- actually, he's editing some of it. There's a couple of songs that he's not putting on there. See, that's why he shouldn't be allowed to do it. That's exactly what I said. He shouldn't be allowed to like, do well, it. Well, if it was up to you, you'd put everything on there. I was like, yeah. Yeah. What's the, that's the fucking point, man. Dude, 
Let the fucking people decide what's fucking good and what's, you know, what they like. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff that is floating around on the internet that, that, I, that I created that I might be embarrassed about, but that might be someone's favorite song in our category, in our, in our catalog. Seriously, man, like, I feel like as an artist, you almost have a responsibility to get over yourself and just put stuff out there and let the re- and let long tail humanity decide, yeah, long, you, including long after you're gone. Yeah, but if you're an artist, then you can pick and choose what you want to put out there too. He's choosing not to. Yeah, a couple I, of those songs were never even released anyway. Those were like demo songs. But what? Okay, what if there is stuff? that was created by some of your favorite artists that they didn't like, mm-hmm. but that was incredible. And, and I know exactly. It, I can give you a very clear example. Okay. The Beatles anthology one, two, and three. There's tons of stuff that they didn't put out. Tons of stuff. And stuff that you loved, it's right? It's amazing. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. There's the reason why it's amazing, though, is because it'll be... Because like, you've already had that relationship with the band... And you are you have the desire to dive further into. Okay, the well, there, there's that too. All right, well, think back to when we when I was listening to November Rain uh, a couple weeks back when we were right. Here, if the, if it was that on acoustic, acoustic version of November Rain, of the piano and, and everything like that. So like, if if these Road Crew songs were all mega produced and over the top orchestration, fucking this and that, it would be cool to hear where it came from for a fan. But there's two things about that: we don't have the over the top produced thing or fans. <laughs> <laughs> but but who knows what your response would have been yeah. to the demo version of November Rain. Right. Like first, you know what I mean? If that had been your first introduction to it. Because it does have this very like sparse kind of lo-fi, like really somber quality to it that I really, that I was, uh, that I was struck by immediately. Cool. You know what I mean? It almost like... There's something about how downplayed it is that almost makes it more impactful, in my opinion. And that's just from, and now again, I can't look at it with any other filters besides someone who has heard November Rain 100,000 times, times right. yeah. and, and was heavily inspired by that song when, it, when I first heard it on Use Your Illusions when I was in like the sixth grade or what fucking ever, you yeah. know, when it came out. But who knows? Damien, I know you're listening to this because you listen to every episode. Just get over yourself and put out everything. It's only two songs, and I'll show you them after the show. Just let the let the world decide what they like and what they don't like. You're you're a fucking you're a creative output machine. That's that's your job in this life. They're all, they're also not like the songs aren't going to go anywhere either. Yeah, not like we're so eventually did, we did, can I sneak did, them out. I did put it the idea in Damien's head that for one of my birthdays coming up and I'm going to talk to Randy about it and get a hold of him see if there's going to be a road crew reunion in Chicago. I think that would be... Dude, I would fly out for that. And get Coalition of Thrilling to do it as well. Actually, uh, your brother hit me up the other day and asked me which I like better, 5280 or Shotgun Wedding. <laughs> and I was pretty split on the idea, but um, he's... I think he was asking me that because he's talking about... He's. I think he's going to do something for the tour. Do something for the tour, right? He did King I for a day. He, he, he's he's. We're already going through the back catalog. Like the rest of the staggers, besides me and Laura, they're practicing road crew songs now. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's great. I encourage that fully. Yeah, King for a day, and uh, I don't think we're doing you ain't nothing special because fucking we ripped it off already. Oh, either way, I think I think you guys diving into the road crew back catalog is a fucking awesome idea. Yeah. Um. So, dude, we're at about at the end of the show. Yeah. 
And um, it's time to toss one for the homies. So before we toss one for the homies, um, I want to I want to give a shout out to one of the homies. As you know, last night I went to French. I went to Frenchie's celebration of life yeah. at Cheeseman Park, and I'll, I'll just tell you what the experience was like. I I uh, got off work and I went home for a little bit, and then the the thing didn't start till seven thirty. They wanted to have a kind of sunset. Um, hang out. There was an all day skate sesh and, and, um, and they had planned on doing a, doing an evening thing for family and close friends and, and, uh, people from the community and, you know, Frenchie's, uh, little kid. And, um, it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, our buddy Ryan Francois or Frenchie as we knew him, um, he, uh, died in a, in a, in a tragic freak accident uh, tree work, trimming work, accident, work accident, a work accident here in Denver. Um, I watched some of the news coverage on it. I mean, it made the news. It was a really, it was a really big thing. And, um, and truth be told, we kind of had a, a relationship which consisted of limited engagement with Frenchie. Like we worked with him at the one up and he got injured when he blew off his finger with the firework yeah. during the time that we worked together. So I don't think he hung out at Tui's as much either. Yeah, yeah. And so he he really kind of did his own thing a lot. But whenever we ran into him, you know, we really liked him a lot. I was a big fan of Frenchie. You know, I loved working with him at the One Up. He's a very funny, very, very just cool, nice, hilarious dude. Yeah. And that's for sure. um and when I when I heard about what happened to him, of course, you know, my heart was broken. I really, I really, really liked that guy a lot. And so I, uh, you know, he, he touched me in his time here. So I ended up going to the, the evening um, celebration of life thing. And I showed up and I'm kind of driving around Cheeseman Park and I hadn't read all the instructions that said exactly where they were going to be. So I was kind of just driving around the park looking for the right crowd of people. I passed by this group of maybe five people and it's all backpacks and you know flip you know brim hats and, and kind of baggy clothes and skateboards and since Frenchie was a silly pink bunny like uh you know that skateboarding crew that international skateboarding crew Don Frenchie yeah uh Don Frenchie um I was like oh that's them right there so I found parking I walk up there's a handful of people I haven't seen in a while I go and I give hugs and I'm like I'm gonna run to I'm going to run to the John real quick. I'll be right back. I walk off. It's like maybe five minutes round trip. Because you kind of you got to like walk down to the path at Cheeseman Park and find the disgusting porta-potties over there, right? In the time it took me to walk down to the porta-potties and back, the crowd had increased tenfold. Hmm. There was dozens of people there, which eventually blew up into, I would say about at, at least 100, if not 150 people there. And there was um, blankets in a circle on the floor. And there was tables full of food. They brought so much fucking food, man. In so little time. Dude, so much food. Just tables of food. Just uh, all these people that were friends of Frenchies showed up. There was, there was more food. And so for the next hour, it's just people walking around hugging each other and catching up. And I saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. And just eating food, and they made T-shirts. They made these T-shirts. It's a it's a picture of Frenchie, 
just like holding up a glass of beer <laughs> and it just says, don't threaten me with a good, good time. time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, you know, as soon as those came out, they were like... I saw the uh, the deck that was uh, made for them that was, it was a hand. Throwing up the devil horns. Throwing up the devil horns. Like the, instead of the ears, it was devil horns. And the body, instead of a wrist, it was like a, a bunny. So it was like Don Frenchie board. And then the hand was his face, and then the ears were the metal horns, but one was a finger, and one was like a half finger with a little bone and like blood coming out of it. From where he blew off his fingers. That's right. <laughs> that was so it, great. It was, uh, you know, and I'm seeing all these people, and, and when the sun went down, uh, they had these like giant sparklers that they went around and handed off to everybody, and everybody kind of passed the sparklers and lit them off of each other. And so it's this big circle of people all holding up sparklers and listening to just old Motown, R&B, soul music and and hanging out in the circle and just having a moment of silence. For the moment of silence, though, they put on um, Space Oddity by uh, David Bowie. Nice. And so everybody... and. Everybody held hands. Like, I held hands with a total stranger. I still don't know who this woman was that I was holding hands with. And everybody listened in silence to Space Oddity. And uh, you could just hear, you know, it's pitch black because it's, you know, it's Cheeseman Park at, you know, nine o'clock at night by this point. And you could just hear, um, you could hear the tears and you could hear, like, people saying things to themselves and people saying things to each other and, like passing love around and um and then the sparklers started lighting up and it's just this beautiful wonderful celebration of the man and um it was fantastic i took a i took a little video of it i saw some stuff that some people had posted online and then i i had to split because i had a meeting but um but uh i guess after that they they auctioned off a bunch of um frenchie's stuff to help to go to pay for uh pay for his bills and i used to have I used to have mixed feelings about the merchandising when somebody passes away, but I feel like if I ever passed away, I would want that. You know what I mean? Like people take up collections and donations for end of life expenses for people that they love all the time. And I think, I think it was really cool that they did that. And I feel like, I feel like it's a really cool way to celebrate somebody's time here. You know what I mean? And I had this kind of thought while I was sitting here with every sitting there with everybody and I'm kind of looking around at the crowd and I'm watching the sparklers going and I'm kind of meditating on on my experiences with Frenchie and those like pleasant memories that I had of him and and the things I would like people to be saying at the end of my life and uh which hopefully is years from now but um the thing that immediately popped into my head upon looking at those 100 150 people that were out there is this is the best that any of us can hope for is to just have the people that love us the most show up and sit in a circle and take the time to remember us and eat food and hug each other and catch up and reconnect and and to really come together on the the one common association that they have which is love for that person who has left this realm and gone on to another place it was a, it was a very uh it was a wonderful experience, and I'm really glad I, uh, I, I went. So, Frenchie, wherever you are, you are missed and loved, and uh, thank you so much for all the ways that you um, brought joy into people's lives because that guy yeah. certainly brought a lot of joy. He brought joy into well my said, life. Well said, Aaron. Well and, said. And I, and I barely... 
truth be told, I barely had experience with him. You know, we just worked together and knew each other socially and only a little bit. But Frenchie was one of those people who really stuck with me through the years and really, uh, really stood out. And I was, I was fortunate to have known him and met him. Um, so that's one for the homies shout out this week to our boy yeah. Frenchie. And we're going to, as in every episode, we're going to do a one for the homies shout out to fucking our boy Parker. Yeah, we're gonna do since we're on back catalogs. I picked uh, the one for Parky. Yeah, so we're gonna give a shout out to the Out of Controllers. Which is Parker, uh, Parker, Chaz, Chaz, and Joe Cadingo, and and Chris. and and Chris and Alex. Well, actually, at this time when they did that album, Alex was playing bass for him, I believe. Oh. Uh, who ended up going to the Dendrites, but um, and who we hung out with in uh, Olympia, Washington. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, the Out of Controllers was the band that we poached Parker from. Um, Chaz has actually played with us on stage. Uh, Him and Chaz are still playing. They're together. Wild yeah, they're Stallions? doing rabbit. They're doing rabbit, rabbit Stallion? Stallion now, which is uh, Chaz and Chaz and Parker's new project, new metal project, and the stuff that they're coming out with sounds amazing. But uh, Chaz has filled in for you actually yep. when we did um, the Monsters of Mock Iron Maiden and Monsters of Mock Dio um, Dio's Mijos, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've played with Chaz a few times. And um, Joe Cadingo, drummer, was the one who filled in for Ty on, on this last tour. tour. So we have a long-standing relationship with these dudes. Great bunch of musicians. This is a cover that they did, um, which is on uh, their self-titled album. I, th- I think it's self-titled. I'm pretty sure. Uh, which you can find on Spotify. You can you can find it on all the platforms. Uh, this is their cover of The Witch Doctor. Yeah. Which is the ooh-ee-ooh-ah-ah-ting-tang-walla-walla-bing-bang. Mm-hmm. Dude. It, they're a fun band. Uh, the Out of Controllers were great. Uh, their music still is great. So thanks for listening to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And uh, uh, oh, I just did it to you. You did it. You totally just did it. You, I've got my phone on Do Not Disturb. You rude <laughs> you cocksucker. <laughs> anyway, thanks That's for listening to the motherfucking podcast, guys. Uh, this was produced by Gene Motherfucking Skibbins. Hell yeah, Pam. Thanks so much, fucking uh, Skibs. We love the shit out of you. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Bye.
You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 